Episode 31 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. Where's all my time? Alright, team, welcome along to episode 31 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James I was your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Well, it's been a, uh, a pretty big month for me this last month. Uh, if you are new to the show, I often kind of talk for a little bit about myself for a couple of minutes and then I get into the main show. And uh, into this month's show, I've got a really interesting subject. There's a subject that I got an email about a couple of months ago and uh, and they asked if I could do a subject, uh, a show on this subject. And I thought to myself at the time, I will, um, because it's a, it's just a really important subject around helping you actually make the most of the time that you have to, in a ways that really are empower, about empowering your life in ways that are important to you. So I'm going to kind of touch on that really, really soon. But on my own side of things, it's been it's been a pretty massive month for a few reasons. And one of the reasons really is, is um, I wrote my book. And uh, I know for a few of you guys have been listening to this show for, you know, I've been doing this show for maybe three years, now, two and a half years, I'm not quite sure to be honest, but, um, you know, in the back of my mind, I've always had this thing about writing my book and at the beginning of this year was one of the goals that I set for this year was to actually have a book written within the year and I uh, started the year, put the time aside and was kind of putting an hour or two aside a week to get it done, but it just wasn't really happening because it was always the last thing of my things, of lists of things to do. And and when you're writing an hour, it just doesn't seem to be long enough to really sit down and nut out if you want to you know, do work that you think is good. So um, I was very fortunate that I went up to my partner, Joe, and I said, oh, look, I'd like to take a week off work and, and hire a batch in the middle of nowhere and, and go write my book. And so that's that's what I did. I went and hired a batch in a place called uh, no, not Wanaka, in a place called Akaroa, which is about an hour's drive from where I live in Christchurch in New Zealand, and I hide this this really batch. So if you don't know what a batch means, it's in New Zealand a batch is it's a it's very it's a holiday home, but it's a very kind of low end holiday home, kind of really budget, you know, one or two bedrooms. Basic, basic, basic stuff. And uh, this batch I went to was a real traditional New Zealand batch, and it was it was amazing because. Uh, the batch was very old school and had the family photos from the family who owned the batch. And uh, but the view I had was stunning. So I, I set myself up in this room, and I had this. Basically, I just put my my chair in front of this window, and I woke up at seven o'clock every morning. I got up, started working at seven o'clock every morning, and I just wrote pretty much till about six or seven o'clock each night. And my my pattern of thinking was that I'd write for an hour and a half or do a 90-minute block and then do 30 minutes off. And uh, and that's pretty much what I did continuously for five days. And uh, it was a really really amazing experience for lots of reasons. Um, Interestingly, I didn't find it hard. And I have to say, going into the experience, I thought I may struggle with the focus and and getting all the thoughts out of my head and putting them on paper. And it was for some reason that in that environment and uh, the way I'd set it up that, you know, no, no life distractions around me, I was able just to really nut it out in a way that was actually pretty stressless. So that was um, pretty cool as well. And then the other thing I think that really helped me as well was just only focusing on working in 90-minute blocks. You kind of knew that if I only worked for 90 minutes, then in a half an hour, say like in a half an hour break, I'd, I'd do some yoga or I'd do some meditation or I'd um, go for a walk or I'd just make some lunch and, you know, just little things like that that just help kind of relieve my mind of the experience. Um, there's two things I, I I will say about writing the book. And I think the first thing is is that I'm very lucky to have a partner who is supportive of my goals. And, and it's, you know, I think I've talked about people in your life on this show before, but, you know, I went to Joe and, and I just said to her, look, babe, I, you know, and we've got a really busy few months coming up. I'm off overseas for a few weeks now, and then we're going to the States for a few weeks in America in August and got a lot of big workload on. And, and to take a week off just to do something which potentially could be good for our life, but at this moment is more of just a self-expression, you know, who knows what's going to happen with it kind of thing. For her to, for me to just go to her and her just to say yes straight away and to back me 100%, you know, there's a financial cost in doing this, you know, we'll, we'll spend thousands of dollars before we even put it out there and so who knows if we'll get that return, but just to have a partner who totally backs you and your goals in life, it's it's a it's a very, very powerful thing and it's it's something that you often experience when you deal with people and trying to achieve their goals is that 
their partners aren't that supportive of them. I, I have a runner, for example, this lady who's, who started with my 5K group and, um, you know, and never done anything. And she's just completed her second half marathon within a year and, uh, you know, and just achieved amazing things. And I was talking to her about her partner and she was saying her partner does, she has no interest in her races, didn't come and watch her do a half marathon, didn't come. And, uh, you know, and, and to her, he just thinks that's the thing she does. And, and I often think, it must be tough when you live in a situation like that where you've got this area of your life where you aspire to and your partner, the person who's, you know, one of the meant to be one of the biggest support networks in your life isn't there for you. So um, I'm very fortunate that Joe, my partner, is she's just a bloody legend to be honest. And, uh, and, I, and I think maybe there's something in there for all of us within this and that would be um, if you are a partner of someone, you know, how do you put your energy towards them supporting and achieving their goals? And, uh, you know, it's something that we all probably need to reflect on at times, but, you know, are you being the partner who's trying to help your partner evolve and develop and empower their life in a way that's, you know, good for them and for you? Um, And if not, how can you improve on that? Now, sometimes in relationships, that can be a hard thing because you don't feel you're getting from your partner, so you don't want to give back. And so, you know, there might be, this might be a bigger discussion, but just, just something to contemplate. The other part of of this which I'm really really proud of is is that saying of don't die with the music in you and uh, once again I don't know what will happen with this book at this stage it may just be this experience I had one you know in 2013 and and you know I might put it out there and no one ever buys it or it just becomes some small thing alternatively it, it could turn into this massive thing that you know could allow me to have more influence in ways that I really think are important and that you know ultimately that's what I dream of but there's that saying don't know if the music in you that saying of you know do the things in your life that you know you want to do and you know for myself for the last two or three years the book has been the thing that's been in the back of my mind that I knew I wanted to do and I knew needed to be done within this time period and you know I got to the end of the book and I have to admit my last kind of outro you know, I write about my, you know, where I come from as a writer, and um, it was it was it was quite emotional, and uh, like I wasn't crying or anything, but I was it was almost a bit of a tingly feeling of achievement um, because I'd actually done the thing that I'd set out to do, and you know, with one of the greatest compliments I've ever received in my life was one time I was at a hairdresser's years ago, and uh, and the hairdresser who I you know when she kind of was my hairdresser at the time when I was evolving from this guy who was no really going nowhere into someone who was kind of doing something with his life, and she said to me the thing about you Bevan is you always do what you say you're going to do, and to me that was you know that whole sense of I have personal credibility was one of the greatest compliments I ever had, and um and I think you know who knows what will happen with this book but I am really proud of the fact that I got it done and uh. And, you know, that's, I think, something that in life is something that we should all be aiming for is that are you actually creating the things you want to create in your life? And it could be through music, it could be through achieving a fitness goal, it could be, you know, there's many different ways of doing these things. But are you, are you, you know, do you want to be that person who dies thinking, ah, oh, well, not dies, but <laughs> do you want to be that person who lives with regret because you never embraced what you knew you wanted? Or do you want to be the person who, puts their foot forward and moves towards what they want to create even when you don't know what the outcome is just because you know you want to create it and uh and and I suppose for myself in this experience here that's definitely been you know one of the most rewarding parts of it and and, you know hopefully it goes on and sells millions of copies and then I can you know have more influence on fitness and stuff like that but you know who knows just on the book before I kind of start to get into the show people have asked a lot of people have asked what it's about it's it's a book I have to admit, if you listen to the show, it's a lot of the lessons that are in the show. Um, you know, one of the problems for podcasting is it seems to be limited to audience because it's there's so many technical steps which keep people away from it. And I have a really big audience as a podcast audience, but when we think about um, book audience, you know, it'll be pretty, you know, it would be, there's a bigger opportunity to kind of have influence. So 
Uh, within this, I've uh, the book is pretty much my experiences, my lessons that I've seen from others and myself. And each chapter will basically have a lesson, very similar to the show, and a lot of the lessons that have been in, in the previous shows with this one here, or fitness behaviour, will be coming through in the book as well. So, at this stage, you know, you write the book, and then there's a lot to do afterwards. And at this stage, I'm planning or hoping. It will be released in, you know, late this year, probably sometime between October through to December or early 2014. So, you know what, you guys kind of get to be a part of my experience. So I'm sure each month I'll give you a bit of an update on where it's going. Before, just lastly, before I get into the show, um, I got a lot of feedback on last month's show and, uh, and I know last month's show was one of those shows that maybe some people didn't want to listen to um, and maybe some people got a lot of value from and... Uh, I think I'll leave the feedback to the end of today's show. So if you want to listen to up to the feedback I got from last month's show um, and, and some of the responses I had from people, um, yeah, hang out to the end of the show and you can listen up to that then. Anyway, uh, geez, that's a 10-minute kind of intro and I haven't even got to the main part of the show. Today's show is, is a topic that's very dear to my heart. It's a topic that uh, a lot of us will probably get some value from. So uh, let's get into it and let's get rolling. I wrote a story or, or a blog piece or a news piece for my local newspaper um, that I put on my blog a few months ago around what, what's the story of your life? And the whole concept of this this blog post was if you were to listen to your own communication within internally and externally to the people you communicate to within the world, what would you be? How would you be representing yourself in that communication to your world? And uh, at the time I wrote that, I was very much in a place where I was a little bit high stressed because I was just always really busy and um, I felt I was losing myself a little bit. It's probably a fair way of putting it. And um, and it was just one of those moments where I stopped and thought, well, when people, when I talk to people about what I'm doing, the first thing I say is I'm just really busy and I'm just working really hard. And that was kind of the story of my life. And it was a really, it's interesting when you put, as a content creator, when you put um, content out there, you know when you've really hit a note with an audience because you'll get a lot of feedback. And this was definitely one of those pieces that got, I got a huge amount of feedback on. And, and people, you know, obviously through reading that piece, they had a um, – it obviously made people reflect and consider, you know, what was their story. And, and ultimately the, kind of the piece led towards the idea of is your story one that you're really proud of telling or is your story one that makes you realise you need to shift a little bit? And I know for myself at that time, you know, I needed to shift a little bit. I was probably working too much in a way that was making me neglect, you know, just a couple of things that are still important in my life. And um, and at that time, I got an email from Anita Regan, and Anita is, is, is an avid follower of my work, and she's uh, she's really great. She always sends me some good feedback on my pieces and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and so it was, it was yeah. So it was, anyway, and in her email. What she said, basically, here's what she goes. She goes, talking about this piece, she's got great pieces always. I just realized that my story is not having enough time. It seems everyone around me has time to socialize, exercise, work, entertain, shop, etc. But I seem to be making poor time excuses to myself. Always feeling anxious that I won't get done what I want to get done. Then getting annoyed that my time to myself is less and less. Then I stopped to think about today after reading your email and I realised that maybe I just need to organise my time and my priorities a little better. She then went on to ask, you know, you know, what I do for time management skills and, and you know, how do I get the most out of my time to make sure I can achieve what I'm trying to achieve and it's a, um, and uh, yeah, it's an area that really, really fascinates me and it's an area I think that we should all probably improve on. Well, I'm sure there are some people out there who feel they really nail their time management, but um, a lot of people can definitely get better at in their time management. And when it comes to exercise, because I know a lot of times with this show, I can go on tangents and they may not necessarily come across as exercise based. And so um, I think that I'm going to try keep it with exercise, but probably won't today. But when it comes to exercise, that if you're time poor, that often for a lot of people out there, exercise is the first thing that gets dropped. And when we become time poor, we often neglect things that are actually really, really important to us. So I suppose the first area I'm going to go into is the idea of how do you know you're spending your time 
on the right things in your life? How do you know that, you know, that the, the 24 hours you get in a day or the seven days you get in your week, you're actually spending on the things that are most important to you in your life? And there's a few things, I'll probably cover some stuff I've talked about in other shows here today because, you know, there is a bit of crossover that's going to happen. But I think the first thing we've got to go back to is is your values and your passions. And and if you want to go into a lot of detail into this, you go back to listen to the episode I did on goals. And I talk a lot around the whole idea of, well, who am I trying to be as a person in this world? And what am I passionate about? So often I talk about myself, you know, my, my values are love, honesty, freedom, growth, um, passion and health you know those are kind of the things that I'm trying to explore in this world and trying to make the most of for myself and those around me Um, my passions are people fitness and music so you know when I think about my day I'm having a good day if I'm doing fitness passion fitness music and people I've got time around those things and ways that are enhancing my values and then the next layer on top of that is to go, okay, well then where do I experience the growth within those areas? So, you know, like for me, you know, at the moment with my piano playing, I'm, I'm starting to play in a band and I'm trying to create more stuff and getting lessons with people. I've got um, my, you know, my, my business is massive of people, you know, we're trying to build communities. Um, you know, with my own exercise, I'm doing some weight training. It's about challenging myself. So each day, basically, when I wake up in the morning, from the moment I wake up, pretty much until the moment I go to bed at night, my time is filled with my values or my passions and my values and me trying to grow through goals in those areas. And I think that a lot of people haven't really considered that stuff first. And I think that's one of the first kind of, you know, if you're going to lay a foundation to start building your life on, it's really putting some of that big picture thinking in first, you know, like what would be the ultimate day in your life? You know, if you could create that, what would be the ultimate day, you know, like, I can honestly say I do have what I consider a pretty cool life, and, you know, it's because I am doing my passions all day long, but it's not something I just kind of fluked into, you know, like, I've, I've spent a lot of time over the years creating this life, and so, you know, I think, you know, as you think about time management, the first step is to try and find that foundation, You know, what am I doing today that's moving me more towards the life that's my ultimate life? So for some people, you may already be there. And if you are, congratulations. But if you're not, where am I putting time aside today that's building to that moment where you wake up one day and you go, wow, this is, this is, I've got that ultimate life. I think one other thing we need to recognize here is, first of all, we all have responsibilities. And it's one thing to kind of say, well, you know what, I want to be a musician and, and, you know, I'm going to quit my job and, you know, go and study music and surround myself with musicians and all the rest of it. But if you've got a mortgage and you've got a family and you've got commitments, you know, that's unrealistic and it's also unfair to those people around you. So as you think about building the life that you ultimately like, it's important that we recognize we have responsibilities and like always figure out where we sit and our skill set in those different areas as well. So I suppose that my first point really would be would be lay a mess spend some some good quality time figuring out who you are as a person and what you'd ultimately like to be doing with your time in your day. Within that, you will recognise the responsibilities you have, your mortgage, your your job, and all the rest of it. But you you know, ideally, over time, you might shift away from some of those responsibilities that are moving you away from what's most important. So let's say, um, you know, your career. You're in a career you don't like and you want to shift towards a new career, let's say you want to become a fitness professional just because it seems appropriate, um, you know, you might be an accountant right now and you love the idea of being a fitness professional, but the growth to there might be two or three years down the track. But at least today I'm putting some time aside to move towards that. So yeah, once again, my first point is to figure out who and what you want to be as a person. The next thing I, th- I think it's most important to do is to actually start to think about how you how much time you have to the different areas of your life. So let's say that, you know, your work takes up 40 hours a week. You then have, you know, 15 hours of family time. And then you have five hours or five to 10 hours for exercise. And then you have a hobby that takes up another five hours. And then, you you know, you have these different areas of your life. And then you have the responsibility stuff, you know, like you've got to cook dinner for your family on a Tuesday night. Break down your life into, into almost like time chunks. 
And then what you, you within that time chunk, what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out what is an achievable goal or, or growth that you should be trying to experience based on the time chunk you have for that area of your life. So, and again, if we lay that on top of our foundation, so my foundation is my values, my goals, and my passions and responsibilities, then I start to look at my time, my week, I actually kind of sit down and I do like a time map of my week. Okay, well, here's when I'm with my family, here's where I'm working, here's where I get to exercise, here's where I do my hobby. Once you've kind of figured out how much time you have to each of those areas, then you start to consider what you can try to achieve with that time frame. Now, one of the biggest faults we see with time management is people's unrealistic expectations around what they can do in the time they have. The person who has no time to themselves has often said yes to too much stuff and they sacrifice themselves because they've overloaded themselves. And one of the most important things around doing time management is it allows you to have a much more realistic perspective on what you can do with your time. So then as you do that time map, you kind of time map your week and you go, okay, well, career-wise, I have 40 hours. Exercise, I have 10. Then you can then sit down and you can realistically set some, some challenges and some growth in those areas that aren't going to set you up for failure. So let's look at, let's say with the exercise, you have 10 hours a week, or let's say five, because that's probably more realistic for most people. You have five hours a week to exercise. So within a five-hour time range, what would be a really healthy goal that would be exciting for you to achieve in that time range? The way I like to look at it is to say, what would be a 10 out of 10 goal within the five-hour restriction you put on it? We see a lot with personal training or within the industry is people have these big lofty goals, but they don't have the time to be able to commit to those goals. So from day one, they feel like a failure. And that's what we want to think about when we think about how we time manage our week. So step one, find your foundation. Who do I want to be? What are my values? What are my goals? What are my responsibilities? Step two is to map out your week and to think about what I am doing, you know, how much time I have to each area. And then to try to set some targets that are based on the time you have in the area. So I want to grow with the five hours of exercise I have, I want to achieve this goal. With the five hours for my hobby I have, I want to achieve this goal. For my family, where I've got 10 hours, what goals do I, what what experiences do I want to share with them and, and that make me in the right place when I'm with those people? Now you'll notice here that I'm kind of shifting towards you being quite, quite organized in the way you do your time management and I'm only speaking from experience here, so and, and, and time management is one of those things that there's no perfect formula, it's kind of like there's your formula, and you know over time you should be evolving that formula and figuring it out, but I know that for myself, that when I sit down and I manage my time well, then my time goes so much better. And I think that's where I'm going to kind of lead into now. So let's say you've kind of done the, the big picture stuff and then you've kind of sat down and you've figured out how much time and you've actually set some realistic targets around what you're trying to achieve based on the time you have in the different areas of your life. Then what you want to start thinking about doing is sitting down and timetabling your, your, your weeks. And one of the best things that I get to do with my clients and, and um, is, is the weekly meeting. There's a time in their week when they know they can be successful, where they sit down and they just plan their week. They sit down and, you know, I've got clients who do it on a Sunday afternoon, I've got one who does it on on a Tuesday lunchtime, and it's just that commitment to sitting down and just thinking about your week. And it's it's a very powerful tool for a couple of reasons. One of the first reasons is, is because when you do it, you almost reflect on the week you've done before. And so you can kind of see where maybe you were a little bit unrealistic or where you're a little bit slack or where you know, you're a little bit unfocused or where you were really focused. And it's that constant weekly kind of update that helps you to look at yourself and reflect in ways that helps you grow. Then the second thing it does is you then start to chunk out your time based on what you're trying to achieve. So for example, myself on a Monday morning, that's the first thing I do, I teach a class at the gym and, and I pretty much, once I get home, I have some breakfast and then I have Bevan's weekly meeting and I sit down at my computer and I, I plan my whole week. Oh, I'm going to pull up my calendar right in front of you right now. So I'm not in front of you because you, you're listening, but um, so like if I look at the week as I've just got, I've got, you know, like today I'm doing, I did business for three hours. It means I did work on business. I just stopped for lunch, did meditation. Then I'm doing some writing in the podcast then I'm playing my piano, and then I've got some practice for some group fitness work, and then I've got Joe time. So 
I've planned my week and each day I go through my week planning what I'm trying to achieve within my time. Now, this planning is sitting on top of my foundations. It's sitting on top of, you know, my values and passions. So again, if we look at today, I've, um, I've taught two classes, so people in fitness and music. Uh, business is about my people stuff and growth there. My meditation is my own stuff. Uh, writing is, you know, creative music with piano and then practicing fitness for tonight and then Joe tonight, you know. So it's it, my whole day is fulfilled with the things that are really important in my life. And if you can sit down and you can plan your week around those, you know, that foundation stuff, then you're consciously deciding to put the things that are, you know, from that foundation stuff in your life. And, you know, if you do that kind of, what can I achieve based on the time that I have to put into that area, then you feel like you're progressing in those areas each week as well, because you kind of, as you sit down and you have that weekly meeting with yourself, you can kind of see where you're at within that, and then you can see where your development moving forward is as well. So so the weekly meeting is, I, I really believe, is one of the most powerful things that, you can do in shifting forward. And I suppose one other thing about the weekly meeting is if you are someone who does who feels like you're not really living a life for yourself and you're that you know you're transitioning towards a new life, then you can you can see how you're progressing forward more each week. And you'll, you know, as time moves on, you'll see yourself wanting to shift away from the things that you'd consider your old life and then replacing that time with things which you'd consider the new empowering life. And um, you know, to put that time aside is really important. But one of the most important reasons that we have a weekly meeting is for some reason it helps keep your mind extremely focused throughout the week. So I know when I don't do my weekly meeting, it's just not as a sharp week. I tend to, you know, those little bad habits start to slip in again. You know, it might be the staying up late, it might be I, I'm a bit distracted when I work, my quality of work isn't as good, um, you know, I... I when I'm playing the piano, I'm, I don't get the whole session in. I'll, I'll be, sh- I'll cut it short because I muck around at either side of it. You know, it's all those. You know, for some reason, sitting down and having a weekly meeting, it's almost like a big reset for your week ahead. And it, like one thing I'm really discovering as I progress forward in life is that the more you pre-plan stuff in your mind, the more successful you are in the moment. You know, like if we look at the intensity podcast I did a couple months ago, and I talked about how you know you, you preset what you're going to do before the moment hits, and you seem to be more successful. And it's almost, from my experience, that what that's one of the massive benefits of you doing a a weekly meeting with yourself around your time management. It's like I I know what's going to happen on Wednesday, and it's almost like my mind is subconsciously preparing me for that. You know, those hard moments, those critical moments I've talked about in other podcasts in the past. So. The weekly meeting is, is definitely something I feel, if you are trying to progress forward in life, is definitely something that adds a lot of value to that 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 progress. The next thing to think about is how do you get the most of the time that you have in the different areas? So up until this point of time, I've kind of talked about, well, how do you figure out what you want to be doing with your time? And, and I've kind of gone back to, well, who are you as a person? And, and you know, and what do you want to do with your time? And, and what are those targets moving forward? And then how do you be realistic with it? And then, you know, on top of that, then, um, you know, putting a tool in, in, in your life, which is, you know, sit down each week and, and plan out your week. So now we're at the stage where we start to go, well, how do I make sure I'm really focused on the thing that I'm doing when I'm doing it? And there's a really great book which I highly recommend everyone reads, and it's called Getting Things Done. And Getting Things Done, I, I can't remember who it's by, but it's 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 a really good book because it kind of there's a there's a really cool formula that works around time management within it. And uh, I'm not going to give that formula away here; you can read it because it's someone else's work. But it's there's one part of the book that I'd like to talk about, and it's um, he talks about the idea of how focused are you on the thing that you're meant to be doing right now. So let's say you're at the gym and you're on the treadmill and you're having a workout but when you're on the treadmill your mind is all over the place so you might be doing that the behavior that you set out to do you might be going okay well I chunked out my time this week and I was meant to go to the gym and jump run on the treadmill today but when you're actually at the gym on the treadmill is your focus 100% on achieving the objective of that time and, and that's a really an important question to consider because it's one thing to chunk out your time and go, okay, well, this is where I'm going to do my piano, this is where I'm going to train, this is when I'm going to do some work. But we all live in worlds where we are constantly bombarded with distractions. And really, we want to make sure that whenever the thing we are doing, we are able to give it our best energy possible. 
So if I'm going to sit at the piano and play my piano for an hour, I'm going to get the most out of that hour for that time. There's a saying which I listened to a podcast about Chinese sweatshop workers, and it was um it was a very interesting podcast. But one of the things they said is they said us Westerners when we work an hour. We really work 40 minutes. You know, us Westerners, you know, you'll check your emails, you'll jump on Facebook, you'll check your phone. You know, a lot of people aren't that productive for a whole hour because we have so many distractions in our life. And in this podcast, I talk about how, you know, the, the people who, the sweatshop workers, they work an hour. You know, they they, they get that whole hour out. And and ultimately, why I wouldn't aspire to that those terrible conditions those people work in, the whole idea of, Imagine if you could sit down and be 100% focused on the thing that you are doing when you're doing it. So almost like if we go back to that weekly planning, that as you shift from one thing to the next, you totally let go of the last thing and you're able to focus on the next thing. So let's say, just going back to my calendar today, let's say I did business work today and then, you know, I then stopped my business work, had lunch, meditated, and now I'm doing this and this is all I'm focused on. And then once this is finished, I've got to write a newspaper piece. So I'll sit down and be able to focus on that 100% without distraction. And then maybe jump on my piano and play my piano for a little bit. And, you know, and ultimately, so I can live in the moment in the thing that I'm doing. And in getting things done, he talks about how a lot of our disorganization helps us, removes us from being able to do that. An example of this would be, let's say you've, got out a DVD from the video store and you know your, your favourite movie and you watch it and then you knew you had to have it back to the DVD store tomorrow so you watch the DVD and it, once it's finished you think to yourself oh I've got to take that back to the store tomorrow so you've had that thought you've had that original thought then you go out to the kitchen you make some dinner and you sit down and, and while you're eating dinner you think oh you've got to remember to take that DVD back to the store tomorrow and then when you jump into bed that night you go oh yeah again I've got to jump you know do that you know that DVD again and then you sit, get up in the morning, you've got some emails you want to do and you're sitting in that computer and you're doing those emails and, and again you think that DVD and, and eventually you, you get in the car, you drive to work and you realise you forgot the DVD. Now, that repeat thought, thinking I need to take the DVD to the DVD store, repeating that thought over and over again distracts you from being focused on the thing that you need to do right now. So if I'm sitting at the piano and I end up on a good piano session where I'm really focused that whole time if I haven't taken that DVD store you know that DVD back or if I haven't placed a system in place that gets me to take it back and I repeat that thought again A I've wasted that mind space because I've thought that thought already but B it distracts me from playing the piano it distracts me from the thing that I am doing right now and really one of the big things we need to get good at doing is figuring out what are the distractions that we have when we are trying to do a task, a task being exercise, a task being time with family or you know whatever you want to call that. And that's one of the things that we need to learn about as we kind of shift to the, what I am doing right now. Now in his book, Getting Things Done, he talks a lot about, actually I'm going to pause the show and get find the author's name, we're back in two secs. I'm back, I know, I know for you guys that didn't really seem like anything, but it's uh, David Allen, David Allen getting things done, and he talks about in that book that the mind is not a very good storage device, and ultimately we need a way to get the thoughts of tasks that we need to do out of our mind straight away, and he talks about, you know, taking actions, you know, the first time you have that thought of a task you need to do, you need to get it out, and it goes into a much more kind of detailed system, and again, I recommend you read that book, I'll put a link to that on the show notes for this week's show, but... Um, you know, and, and and that's I think a really important thing around keeping you focused. And and he talks a lot about that book is how do you remove the distractions that take you away from the focus that you're trying to focus on right now. And if you're able to remove those distractions, then you get better quality work. So again, if we go back to my kind of sweatshop analogy, if you're able to remove your distractions of I need to take that DVD back to the DVD store, you go from working 40 minutes in every hour to maybe 45 minutes or maybe even 50 minutes. That the time you're spending on the thing you're doing is higher quality time. We we should look to other distractions as well, and we should look to the you know things like the Facebooks, the you know the apps and the games that we have on our phones, or or people who distract us in, in the environment and things like that as well. And the more we can start to learn what those distractions are, the better we can remove them, and you know get ourselves to the place where if I'm spending an hour doing this thing, I'm trying to get the best quality hour focused time on that thing. The next thing I want to talk about, which I th- 
I find works really well for me. So if I go back down to break my week down, you know, I've got my, my foundation, I've got my what can I achieve in each area based on time frames, I've got my weekly meeting. And then I have my critical moment session, which again, I've done a podcast on this, so I won't go into too much detail on this. But in each morning, basically, I sit down and I consider my morning and I think about the critical moments of that day. And if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the show um, about critical critical moments. But the next thing is, is as I sit down to do a task, I spend a few seconds or a minute or just you know a short period of time contemplating what the objectives of the time I have in front of me is. So I sit down before I actually start doing the action or doing the, the thing that I'm going to be doing, and I can contemplate what is it that I'm trying to achieve in this next period of time. So I'm being quite specific around what's what this period of time, at the end of it, what hopefully I can get done with this. So this morning, for example, I'm, I'm heading overseas for a little bit and we've got some of our new coaches or some of our coaches taking some seminars and stuff and I wanted to make sure that the seminar work was ready. I had um, some newsletters I wanted to get produced. I had um, some work done for Les Mills that I wanted to get produced. And as I sat down in my office, I had my cup of tea, I looked at some news sites for a little bit and then when it was time to get working, the first thing I did is grabbed a sheet of paper and wrote down my objectives for that time frame. Now, from my experience, this is one of the most powerful things that I can do. Because once I've set my objectives, it's almost like I've let my mind know what I'm going to be doing with this time, and subconsciously my mind will go into the place where it does that. Now, I know I'm talking about a business, um, you know, or a working environment, office environment, as I said that one before, but I found with fitness it works massively well as well. That if with my clients, if I can sit down with them and, and or if I if I preload them with what they're going to do and what those really, what the objective of this next, like actually I took a, I took a guy through a workout this morning and I don't do much one on one stuff nowadays. I've got one guy I'm training, kind of kind of more as a favour than anything, and uh, and he's and he's just hard ass. He, he loves killing himself, and so I love training him, and um and uh he uh you know I I designed a really challenging workout for him. But what I said to him beforehand is, okay, here's your objective, here's what you're trying to achieve, here's where I need you to pick up your game. And it was interesting that by setting those objectives for him in his workout, he, he, he just delivered like you wouldn't believe. And I think that often what happens is we kind of move from one thing to the next thing in life and we just kind of, because it's the next thing, we just kind of go out and do it. We don't actually sit down and take those few moments to sit down and think of what is the objective of this time. Like imagine you're going to go and do a workout and you're going to go to the gym and I don't know, or you're going to go for a run or, or a bike ride or something. Let's say run just because it's easy. You're going for a run. What do you normally do? You kind of just go, oh, I need to do a 40 minute run today. Okay, well, put my shoes on and head out the door. Now imagine if you were just to stop for a few minutes, you get your shoes on, you're ready to go and then you just stop, you sit down and you, and you do that critical moment process. You just think, well, what is the objective of today's run? Okay, well, in that 20 minute section in the middle, I want to work really hard. So you 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 know you're putting in place what you're trying to achieve with your time, so that when you're out and doing the run, your mind is focused on okay, get ready for this twenty minute section. You know, again, I'm kind of touching on what I talked about with the intensity podcast, but you can kind of see that setting objectives to your time is a really powerful way to increase that forty minute sweat shop up to closer to an hour. The next thing I'll, I'll talk about. <laughs> I'm kind of just throwing this all at you guys. But the next thing I'll talk about is then learning once you're actually started to work, when you're getting tired and when distractions are coming in. So let's say I'm at my computer and I've sat down and I've, I've, I've got my fundamentals, I've know what goals I'm trying to achieve based on my time, I've timetabled my week, I've set up in the morning, did my critical moment planning, sat down for that work block and I've done my objectives. And also I've, I've had a good system so I don't have repeat thoughts. And I'm working there and suddenly... I'm an hour into a block of work and or I'm you know I'm just into this long period of work and I'm starting to get distracted. Now for me, I'll probably go and check my emails. That's the thing I do. I, I only respond to my emails once a day, but I know if I'm checking my emails more than once an hour, I, I'm kind of starting to get a bit distracted in my work. And that may mean that it's time for a rest. It may mean that I've just not focused. But just kind of learning when those moments are when you're getting distracted are a good way to really Think about putting things in place to refocus you. That ultimately on those days, and we all have those days where you kind of get to the end and go, what did I actually do? Or you feel, you know, you just wasted a day of your life. And uh, 
you know, and then that's human and that's okay. But at the same time, you know, we can start to learn, okay, I'm checking my emails a lot. I'm starting to lose focus. Why am I losing focus? Okay, well, actually, I've just worked for a long period of time and it's just, it's a bit tiring. Okay, maybe I should just go outside and, and have a cup of tea or maybe I should go f- get out of my desk for a little bit or or maybe as if I'm on the piano, I need to stop and do something else for a couple of minutes and come back to it. Or maybe when I'm exercising, maybe I need to look for some different types of challenges when I'm out there doing it. So learning to find what are those distractions, like actually with exercise, I know when I was a participant at the gym, I used to love doing this class called Body Attack and it's, it's a high impact, hard class. And I've been doing it for so long, but then I started noticing that halfway through the class, I started going to the toilet. And it wasn't, it wasn't, at first it was just because I needed to go to the toilet, but after a period of time, it was almost like going to the toilet was my distraction halfway through the workout. And I'm not sure why it was, I wasn't sure if I was afraid of the workout or if it was one of those kind of um, action trigger things, I'm not sure, but it just, it just, you know, it just was a habit that was coming into place and it distracted me from achieving the goal that I was trying to achieve. So what did I do? I made sure I went to the toilet before I went to, into the workout so that that was no longer a problem. And if you can start to learn what your distraction things are, once you start to lose focus or go off your objective, then you can start to put strategies in place that are going to help you reset and get back onto your objective at that time. Now I'm going to be honest here, this is very much my formula. This is very much my way that I make the most of my time. And I do feel it's something that I am strong in life. I do feel it's something that I, um, you know, I seem to have the ability to be able to be focused on the thing that I'm doing right now. And then when that stops, be able to focus on the next thing and not carry that over. And I think, you know, my way may not be your way, but definitely the outcome is something you should be aiming to achieve is that whatever I'm doing right now, can I give it 100% of my energy? And I think one of the best values of doing this work is, is with the people in your life, the relationships you have, that when you get home from work, that you can devote your energy to your partner and your children and your friends, so you're not sitting there thinking, oh, I've got all these things done. You know, because if we think back to that, you know, take the DVD back, if you're sitting on the couch with your partner at night and you just want to spend some quality time with them, but you're thinking of all the things you need to get done, are you having quality time with them? When you want to play games with your kids, but you're also thinking about, oh, no, I didn't get this done, I need to get that done. Are they getting the best, the best quality version of yourself? And, and ultimately, I think that's, that's the benefit of time management, is that whatever I am doing right now, I can own this space. Now, my method is a method that works really well for me, like, but like all things, I, you know, these things are something we learn, and, and you know, there's no one formula. And it's maybe about you figuring that out. And then on top of that, once you have figured it out, being disciplined to sticking to it. Like I again, I know the weeks when I don't do my, my critical moment planning and, and I don't do my, my weekly planning session and, and you know, do the things that I know work for me. I'm just not as sharp. I just fall off the wagon a little bit. I just, you know, go to bed later, I eat a bit poorly, I, I exercise, but not in the way I like to exercise. You know, the, it starts to lead towards a sense of disappointment within myself. But if I do well and I set that, that first start point of my weekly meeting, then everything seems to flow on top of that. And so as you think about time management, it's a really powerful tool to help you move towards the life you want to live and to live in a way that's it's really fulfilling. Because if you live in a way where each moment of your day, you're doing things that feel really important to you, you know, that, that, you know, that, that are core of who you are and you're really passionate about, and then you're doing them in a way where you feel 100% focused on them, and then you shift to another thing where you feel 100% focused. There's a sense of a sense of meaning or belief, or, or there's just something great that comes with that place. And for me, it all starts with doing the, the, the work at the start. And so, as, as a bit of a recap to today's show, again, it's it's this is my formula, and if you're someone who already has a strong formula, my, my message to you would be stick to it, you know, make it strong and, and keep it in place all the time. And, and if you're someone who doesn't have a formula, you know, maybe explore this formula that I've talked about today. My formula is, is find your foundation. Who are you? What are your passions? What are your goals? What are your responsibilities? Chunk up your time. Think about how much time you can devote to the different areas of your life. And then and think of, you know, what's a 10 out of 10 based on the time frame I can put in there. And then from there, you know, start to, to plan that weekly meeting where it's about you kind of placing your, you know, that ultimate life 
in your time frame and your week and plan that stuff and, and also looking you know to improve on what you did last week uh, and then from there start to learn about what can keep you focused you know what are those distractions that remove you away from focus and then how can you set objectives so you can be focused during the time that you are doing those things time management is you know time is you know it's funny isn't it because you you know you never think about dying why well, don't you think about dying I don't know maybe you do but it's you know it's one of those things we take for granted but if you're someone who lives in that place where there's a sense of dissatisfaction because you're not doing something in your life, you know, it might be that you're not doing exercise, it might be that, you know, <laughs> you wanted to write a book and you never got around to writing that book, or or you've always wanted to play music, or there's, you know, there's just a dissatisfaction because you don't have time. Maybe it's time to actually spend some time, I'm saying a time a lot right here now, in, in developing a time management system that works really well for you. And developing a system that figures this stuff out and then to to, to stick to the system that really does ultimately create that, that best version of yourself I always talk about. So go on, get out there, try it. Evolve it. You won't be perfect straight away. No one ever is. But if you keep working at it, you'll get better and better and better and you'll be living more and more of your days being what you want. Right, team. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much this month's show done. And the book I was talking about, which I kind of didn't know the the author's name at the beginning of the show, it's called Getting Things Done by David Allen, and it, it's a very, very good book. It's um, yeah, it, it's just it's got a really good formula in there, and uh, it definitely, if you felt you are that person with the DVD repeating in your head, um, I highly recommend you read that book. And uh, yeah, so check it out. And just one other thing I will talk about um, on today's show, which I probably should have had in the main section, is great time management and great, you know, kind of thinking about what you want from your life and your own time. It allows you to say no. It allows you to say no to things that you realize aren't that important to you or aren't shifting you down your path that you need to go on. Now, I know I talked about responsibilities and definitely there's things that we all don't like doing in our life and that have to be done. Don't really like cleaning the house, but I have to do it. And I know my Joe likes a cloudy house, so I have to do it. But, um, but at the same time, a lot of times we say yes to things that ultimately really aren't taking us in any direction that are good for us. And if you can do this foundation work and you can really time manage your time, then you realise what you have to give up to say yes. And sometimes what you have to give up isn't as important. And being able to say no is often a really powerful thing for a lot of people out there because they always just say yes to the sacrifice of what's important in their own life. So it's definitely one of the real valuable things about having a good perspective on your time management and and that overview of your life through those weekly kind of, you know, time management sessions you have with yourself. So, you know, just another thought. I did get some emails about last month's show and I uh, thought I'd grab some and just read a couple to you right now. So I'm just going to pull them up right now. Now I have to be really honest actually before I start reading some emails is that last month's show was definitely a show that I really thought a lot long and hard about putting it out there and uh and and i have to admit the people who know me like you know obviously this is a pretty big audience and it's uh kind of all over the place all around the world but you know like some people in christchurch know me and, and they came up to me and some kind of gave me a bit of a hard time and in a fun way and then some people were like whoa you know pretty risky going there and and all the rest of it and, and at first i was like oh did i do the right thing and then i received a lot of I received a huge amount of feedback on the show and this this email here uh, i received was definitely one of those ones that made me realise that while it revealed, you know, a weakness from my past, and it was definitely a subject that was, you know, not the thing you talk about in public, um, that when I got emails like this, it made me realise I did the right thing. And I'm going to read it out to you. This one here, I won't name a name because it's obviously a sensitive subject, but it says, I love your podcast and listen to them all regularly, or, or listens to all three of them regularly. You must listen to my triathlon ones as well. I really appreciate the time, effort, and thought you put into the fitness behaviour and really enjoy listening to them, whether the topic repain, uh, pertains to me or not, because of the fact you are open and seem to truly care about your fan base, which is a pretty cool compliment to get. Which brings me to your latest podcast, We Are About To Go Deep. It was incredible. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your previous sexual issues. I also suffer from the same sexual performance issues. It is an embarrassing, it is embarrassing and has cost me several relationships and potential relationships with wonderful women because of the fact that I'm scared to be sexually intimate with my partners. I have had sex with and become otherwise intimate with a few women. Like you, 
when the relationship ends, I generally find myself back with the one little woman who I'd previously been involved with because they accept me for who I was, which was one of the sentiments that you made. This podcast made me feel normal. Thank you so much for that. I'm a decent looking, well-educated and athletic, so my friends often wonder how it's possible that I'm still single. You have made me finally become active in solving this issue and hopefully improving the quality of my life. Thank you so much for your transparency. Keep up the good work. I also got this email from um, a lady called Mel and she's just got, just listen to your latest fitness behaviour. All I can say is thank you. Thank you for your honesty and openness with your past issue and how it helped you move forward in your life. I am a mental health nurse and therefore work in a field there where this is still very much a taboo subject to talk about, despite a lot of effort and ongoing community education about it. I hope that with your honesty and your ability to address your issue, you'll be able to help others deal with theirs and their own insecurities and to get help before they need it. From someone like myself, she does love her job. Once again, love your work and looking forward to reading your book when it comes out. So, you know, these were the types of emails I got. Thanks, Mel, and thanks, obviously, the first emailer as well. You know, I really do believe that the more honest we can all be about our own weaknesses and our own things in the world, you know, the more it allows us all to realise we're all just kind of normal, as the first email said. So appreciate that because I have to admit, I was a little bit worried putting that show out there. Um, that's it. That's pretty much this month's show. If you want to check out my blog, you go to bevanjamesisles.com. Um, I've, I've recently gone to Instagram, which I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting old because I, I did some um, work for a young girl the other day and she was telling me all about Instagram. So, um, yeah, so there you go. Um, I'm getting to, so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I don't really do. I'm trying to get more into Twitter, but really, I just post my posts on the my. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, other than that, next month I've got another cool show. Hopefully, I've got an interview next month actually, and and I'm going to interview. Uh, one of my biggest inspirations in the fitness industry. Now, I haven't actually planned this interview, but I'm doing some work with her. Um, in August, so I thought, well, maybe I could try to do an interview with her, and she's just someone who really inspires me for the right reasons in fitness, so I kind of thought it'd be cool to get someone else's perspective on fitness on the show, so listen up for that, they'll be coming out in probably around the 8th of August, because that's when I'm going to be working with her, so somewhere around that time, listen up, and we'll get that show out to you then. Um, again, if you've got any questions, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully within the next few months, you'll be able to buy a book that I'll be putting out there and spread the word on the book as well. But other than that, you guys have a wonderful month. Thanks for your time. And I'll talk to you real soon.